Welcome to California Now, a podcast produced by Visit California. I'm Satirius Johnson. This episode is all about gold country. We'll start things off by exploring the region's rich history, including some ways you can relive the past. Then we'll head to the mountains east of Sacramento with Preeti Chandrasekhar, who runs the Eager Traveler blog. I was looking for a destination where I could combine the outdoors, plus, you know, some small historic towns, some boutique shopping, maybe even some wine tasting. While I didn't expect Gold Country to have all of it, that's exactly what I found. We'll also look into the amazing restaurant, brewery, and dessert scene in and around Sacramento. Oh my goodness. Ginger Elizabeth chocolates is just off the charts great. They are the pride of Sacramento's dessert world. That's all coming up on California Now. California has a rich, fascinating, and complex history, and there's no better place to explore it than Sacramento and gold country. From the people who inhabited the area long before the gold rush to Ronald Reagan's stint as governor, the region is full of noteworthy places to visit. Marsha Iman is the city historian at the Center for Sacramento History, and she's here to tell us about a few of those key places. Welcome to California Now, Marsha. Thank you. Thank you. So I wanted to skip across the landscape and through history with you a little bit, starting with the people who were in the Sacramento area long before it was a city. Who were the early inhabitants and what was life like for them? The inhabitants early on, way before uh, the Americans came on the scene, were Native Americans, first of all. And they were here for over 900 years before even Sutter came on the scene. And they lived um, a very good life um, because they lived off the land and they also understood it. And they would migrate according to seasons. For example, they knew to move away from the rivers in the wintertime. And they um, were able to survive and, and live very well, quite honestly, because it was a very bountiful area with as far as the rivers and fish and wildlife and so forth for them to be to sustain and grow in a very um, active community. So they had a very kind of uh, thriving culture here. Where can I go to experience some of that history? If you wanted to learn more about uh, the Native Americans here in California, right now there is a museum at Sutter's Fort, the California Indian Museum, which is right outside the gates of the fort. That is a temporary location. The state is now working to build a much larger museum that will be in West Sacramento that will tell the broader story of California Indians, not only in the Sacramento region, but all throughout um, California, which is a fascinating story because Native American populations in California are as diverse or were as diverse then as they are now, but also as the whole population of California is. So going up and down California, you experience many different cultures and many different groups, and that museum will celebrate all of them. So you mentioned the two major rivers, there's the Sacramento and the American River. They kind of dominate Sacramento's geography. Is it it safe to say they also play an outsized role in the region's history throughout time? You can't talk about the Sacramento area without talking about the rivers. Uh, There's that old story, location, location, location. And it's all about the rivers. The reason the Native Americans were here is because the rivers were what they needed for for water resources, but also they um, fished those the waters and, and got their food from there. And they also used it as transportation. Same thing um, as the Anglos come in, as the United States took control of California, 
the water was the freeways of the 19th century. And they were so essential for transportation of goods and people that Sacramento exists because it's located at the confluence of those two rivers, the American and the Sacramento. Oh, that's interesting. So so where can I go outside? Say I wanted to stretch my legs and appreciate that side of the city. Where could I do that? The best way probably to explore that if you wanted to explore the river was to go is to go on the American River Trail, which you can pick up in old Sacramento. It will take you all the way up to Folsom. And it's it's got markers along the way. It's just strikingly beautiful to go along the American River, which is um, one of the most beautiful rivers. I, a friend of mine came to visit me a, a few months back and we went down to the American River. And she said, you know, people travel all over the world to see something that's as beautiful as this, which is the truth. It's absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. So what are you seeing when you're when you're walking or, or riding that that trail? What do you what are people seeing? What you see is a very curvy, um, the American River um, is carved out of rock. It moves around and curves uh, quite a bit as it goes through. But the sides of the river are very lush, especially if we've had a good rainy season. But even then, most of it is surrounded by trees. You're going to go in and out of different developed areas. But a large portion of it, you're, you're a part of nature. And that ride up to Folsom which all along that way, particularly between Rancho Cordova and Folsom, it's just, it's beautiful, especially this time of year in the fall. It's a spectacular view, but you get that, you can have an idea of what it looked like because it hasn't changed that much in most areas of what it looked like in 1849 when the 49ers came here trying to make it rich. <laughs> and we're talking about the 49ers back in 1849, right? The gold rush. Yeah, not the, ba- not the football team. <laughs> You know, a lot of people might not think of Sacramento as a port city, but it was, and it still is a port city even today, right? Yes, Sacramento is still a port city. It operates as a port. And I think it's really, when you go think of the Gold Rush era and how the state evolved, the two most significant cities at the beginning when we first became state in 1850 were San Francisco and Sacramento. San Francisco was the ocean port. Sacramento was the river port. And so if you were to have come to California for the gold rush, if you had come around the Horn across the Isthmus and come up by ship, you would have gotten off in San Francisco. You most likely would have gotten on another ship and come up the Sacramento River into Sacramento. You would have gotten off there and you would have walked the rest of the way because the American River wasn't navigable. And that's how goods came in. And so there, this huge economy was developed in Sacramento and San Francisco as these strategic port cities that became a significant port city now um, after that because of the goods that were coming out from Sacramento, which would mean that all the produce and things that were coming being produced here would go on a ship and go back down to the Bay Area and take care of that large population that's in that area. Or when the Transcontinental Railroad was completed in 1869, it started to be shipped across countries, establishing Sacramento as the fruit and vegetable basket of the nation. And it it held that for many, many years. We still ship out a large portion of fruit and vegetables from this area. So, Marsha, let's keep skipping around. Um, What is old Sacramento like? What's it like to go to? and, And what's the historic moment it gives me a window back to? Old Sacramento is the largest grouping of Gold Rush era buildings in California. And it's a really unique place because it's on the National Register, but it's also a National Historic Landmark because of the Gold Rush, 
because of its transportation history, because that was the first terminus of the Transcontinental Railroad, but also because it was the terminus, it was the first terminus for the telegraph um, when it was connected to the rest of the country, and then also for the Pony Express. So it, it has that very centralized, essential role that it played. Right, right. And Old Sacramento is, is kind of a very concentrated neighborhood, right, of several blocks where you can ex- kind of almost kind of immerse yourself in the old architecture. And, and there's some museums down there as well. Yes, there's, um, well, the Railroad Museum is down the California State Railroad Museum, which is the, I think it's either the first or second largest railroad museum in the United States. It's really an amazing place. Um, and if you like trains, uh, and and just if you, it's it's an experience, no matter even, and I think after you leave there, you will like trains. It's really quite <laughs> amazing. Uh, the other thing is, is that we do offer tours of the original underground level. So you can get a tour that tells you about and takes you down into the original street levels of the city and tells you the story of the flooding and kind of how the city was transformed with this construction project that started in 1861 and went on into the early 1870s to raise the city and protect it. I want to hear more about this underground tour. How does it work? The thing that's really good about it is that it shows you how you can go through the city and see that other landscape. So you can go, because they raise the streets and buildings for multiple blocks all the way almost to the capital that in order to protect the city from flooding. And so like if you were to continue down K Street, you can look and you can look down on side alleyways and so forth and look down to the original grade of the city. So the tours explain that and tell you how the streets and buildings were raised and why it looks the way it does today. It's really an amazing piece of construction that took place in order to sustain the city and the location that it's at. So are the underground tours uh, still going on right now during the pandemic? We had just started them up again. We do have uh, online, you can take a virtual tour. If you go to the Sacramento History Museum site, you can do it virtually as something that we're offering now. But there's nothing like going to the real place to be able to see it and touch it. And hopefully we'll be able to open up next year. So, you know, with all this history, I imagine that Sacramento's cemeteries are probably fascinating places, are they? Yes. The, well, I believe that when you go into any community, you should check out the cemetery because you'll t- find out how old it is and what the people did, where the people were from. And Sacramento's uh, historic Old City Cemetery, which was established in 1849 before the city was incorporated as a city. John Sutter Jr., Sutter's son, donated the land to the city. It was all part of civilizing the area. Um, the original pioneers believed that they were bringing civilization to the wilderness. And one of the signs of civilization was how you treated your dead. And so the cemetery that was established at the time was based on what was called a garden cemetery, which had started back in Auburn, New York. And they really are um, this country's first parks because they were designed, they're raised plots, and it was actually quite competitive at the time so that whoever owned that plot was equally trying to compete with their neighbor to say, I take better care of my deceased and I have beautiful, more beautiful flowers. And the city helped to maintain that. Um, They had as many as 20 gardeners on duty at sometimes during the uh, 19th century, by the 1880s, it was described as this lush place. And today it still has beautiful flowers and 
And actually this year is going to be kind of a unique thing because for the first time in about 20 years, um, the roses will be blooming in the winter. And so around Christmas, if you go down there, you'll be able to see roses blooming in the cemetery because we've brought in a rose expert that has now is trimming them back so they bloom more often, which is really quite spectacular when it happens. You know, Marcia, before we wrap up, um, let's talk about the state capitol. The state capitol building is downtown. It's got really beautiful architecture. It's surrounded by tall palm trees. It's a really great place to just walk around. Uh, What should I keep my eyes peeled for while I'm there? Well, the state capitol, the grounds are beautiful with a series of different gardens, but also different monuments and so forth. And I, uh, one that always has struck me is the Vietnam Memorial that was created. It um, was done by a California sculptor and it's really quite beautiful and moving. um, What does it look like? um, It's two soldiers um, that are standing looking out. And then it's like, it's modeled after the Vietnam Memorial in DC in the sense that it has names of all the people that served in Vietnam from California and that lost their lives. The thing that's really striking is you see that the large, what a large portion of Latino Californians went and lost their lives during the Vietnam war. But it's, Hmm. it's a very moving thing to see. The other thing is to, to go into the Capitol itself. You can do, they have um, rooms that are set up that are period uh, that show you what it looked like when the Capitol was first constructed. They do changing exhibits there on a regular basis. So there's always something different to look at. And then it's always like, for me, when I first came, the rotunda area is beautiful, but going around and looking at all of the portraits of the different governors and kind of seeing who's been in power and, and actually seeing who ran the state at different times. So it's, it's a very special and amazing building. Yeah, it's definitely a building with a lot of history. So if you're a history buff, you you definitely want to hit it. Yes, unquestionably. Well, Marsha, this has been really great. Thank you so much for joining us on California Now. My pleasure. Marsha Iman is the city historian at the Center for Sacramento History online at centerforsacramentohistory.org. As always, we'll have links to all the places we talked about on today's episode and lots more on our website, visitcalifornia.com slash podcast. This is California Now. California's gold country region in the mountains east of Sacramento is full of hidden gems. That makes it exactly the type of place my next guest loves to explore. Preeti Chandrasekhar runs the blog The Eager Traveler, and she makes a point of visiting places that are a little off the beaten path. She tells us about a recent excursion she took to gold country to enjoy the fresh air, history, wine, and great food. Welcome to California Now, Preeti. Thank you, Sateria. So excited to be here chatting with you today. You know, I really love your blog, The Eager Traveler, where the tagline is, take the path less traveled. What inspired you to start blogging about your trips? You know, everybody's been to a Paris or a Tokyo or a Bangkok, right? But there are the lesser known destinations that I think are a lot harder to Google or a lot lot harder to uh, explore. And I think that's one of the things that really attracted me to blogging is I want to talk about some of the things that are harder to find online. And I want to talk about some of the things that are just as beautiful as some of those, you know, well-known destinations, because um, a lot of them have are hiding a lot of hidden gems. Yeah. And based on that, I mean, gold country seems like the perfect destination for you, right? Absolutely. I was looking for a destination where I could combine the outdoors 
plus, you know, some small historic towns, some boutique shopping, maybe even some wine tasting. While I didn't expect Gold Country to have all of it, that's exactly what I found. So, I, you know, I want to talk about some of the places you visited on this trip, starting with Placerville. What did you make of this small town in El Dorado County? So I had no idea Placerville even existed. Um, this was my first trip down there. It's only about two hours away from San Francisco and it's a charming historic town. Some will tell you it's haunted. A lot of the local people that I met uh, said that, okay, this is haunted. That's haunted. So there's a spot there called the Historic Carry House Hotel. You have to go there. You have to stay there for a night. And then there's these really cute boutique shops like the Winter Hill Olive Oil. So basically, you'll, you know, you'll have a whole bunch of olive oil tastings. Um, they still do the tastings minus the bread to accommodate for the pandemic such a fabulous experience. You get organic olive oil, um, get the orange flavor one because they're great in brownies. Um, You have Diedrich's cheese, which is both locally produced as well as, you know, they they get it imported from uh, Italy and France. You have to step into Bowtie Barbershop. I mean, this was like one of those older day barbershops. And I really felt like I was stepping into another era. And with all of this, if you get tired of walking around, then be sure to have lunch at Sweetie Pies. It's a Victorian home <laughs> with some amazing breakfast and lunch offerings. And of course, their pies. You've got to have a pie when you're at Sweetie Pies. Yeah, I was going to ask you about the food because I, I know that there's so many great places around Gold Country to eat. So, so what is so amazing about uh, Sweetie Pies? It's like walking into a little dreamland. And when you walk in, what's really charming is you do feel like you step into kind of like an old Victorian home. And it is a Victorian home. They have Uh, good vegetarian options, as well as meat options. And they have a huge um, case full of pies if if you you want a little bit of uh, dessert afterward. What about another spot uh, to grab a bite? Oh, definitely the... uh they have a place there called Apple Hill, which is a collection of farms. And the Larson Apple Barn is fantastic. It's just about 10 minutes, I think, from Main Street. Um, and they have a number of places where you can grab their award-winning ciders, apple crisps, also pies. And it was honestly my first time having an apple crisp at the Larson Apple Barn. It was amazing. <laughs> so are, are a lot of these places, I'm, I'm imagining they must have safe options for social distancing, either w- whether you're dining outdoors or doing takeout. Absolutely. And that's, that's the one thing that um, I was really particular about is when I visit, I wanted to be sure that I was picking those safe places to go to. Um, and everybody that I interviewed actually um, in Placerville, they were very, very specific. And they said, hey, if you're not wearing a mask, I'm not letting you into my store. It was g- wonderful to, see, to hear that. And it was also great to see people wearing masks and um, you know, walking around as well. So Very cool. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about the town of Murphy's next. What are some highlights there? Yeah, so Murphy's is another historic town. It's only about an hour and 30 minutes from Placerville, um, but it's located in the central Sierra Nevada foothills. So it's between Lake Tahoe and Yosemite National Park. So Murphy's was actually voted one of the top 10 coolest small towns by Budget Travel Magazine. And I can kind of see why. They have 25 wine tasting rooms right in downtown on its main street. Um, but if you don't like wine, you can stop at the poorhouse that serves beer and wine in a sprawling outdoor patio setting. So my two favorite wineries here actually are the Newsom Harlow Wines and the Ironstone Vineyard. Um, both completely took me by surprise, especially Ironstone, because it's a sprawling winery um, and it's great for social distancing, of course. But what's unique about that place is the Alhambra Theater pipe organ. 
So they have a room with the Alhambra Theater pipe organ. And that kind of takes you back to the formal ballrooms of like the gold rush era, if you will. Um, And they have several activities right now that help you experience this organ. So like, for example, they have a movie night with a live pianist. Um, Of course, it's limited capacity due to the pandemic. But these are things that I, I would not expect out of a small town like Murphy's, right? That's really cool. And um, what are some of the wines that are, uh, you know, uh, indigenous to the area? Or, or what kind of wines are we going to be tasting when we go to these places? So I think um, some of the, you know, they have some of the greatest Zinfandel vineyards um, in this era, Foothills. I know a lot of the Spanish varietals are also great over there. You'll also find cabs, Merlots. But really, um, as far as the stars of that area, I would say are the Spanish and uh, Spanish varietals and the Zinfandels. Right. So say I wanted to pick up a few gifts on my trip, where would you send me? So Murphy's is fantastic for that. I would highly recommend the little shop called Moon Alley. It's a candle store and they have uh, handcrafted candles with some very unique designs. And I have never seen anything like this. Um, It was also great to be able to support some local businesses. So I, I ended up buying a bunch of candles for gifts. Um, but it's a really beautiful store, and I would highly, highly recommend this. Mm. Yeah, Murphy's is really close to Calaveras Big Trees State Park. Uh, did you check that out at all? I did, and that was the most surprising thing about Murphy's. It was 20 minutes away uh, from the world's largest trees, right? The giant sequoias. So, yeah. Yeah, I had no idea Calaveras Big Trees State Park was there, um, and I would 100% recommend this, especially the North and the South Grove. They have plenty of hiking trails. Now, I just did the North Grove uh, portion of the state park, um, but that's a great glimpse of um, some really giant trees if, um, if you're looking for that. That's great. And now you finished your journey in Sonora in Tuolumne County. What can you tell us about that corner of gold country? Yeah, it's just the next town from Murphy's, literally 30 minutes away. Um, it's very fondly known as the queen of the southern mines. Um, so definitely lots of gold uh, you know, was found here back in the day. What really amazed me about Sonora is that, of course, it has its cute, charming downtown. It's got some amazing restaurants. Um, it's got a wonderful spa. Um, but what really surprised me was urban hiking in Sonora. So there's a place called Dragoon Gulch which is an urban trail. You walk right outside of downtown about, say, 15 minutes, and you're at the trailhead. There are a bunch of easy trails that takes you right to the top of the Vista View Trail, and you'll see the entire town of Sonora. And I did not expect that. So it's, a, it's an urban trail. It's in the town, but you're still kind of walking in kind of like a green park-like area? Yeah, it's kind of like it's green. You've got you know a whole bunch of trees that surround you, so you feel like you're in a forest. Um, and the town is like literally a 15 to 20 minute walk away. So that's really great. Yeah. That, that was completely surprising about Sonora. The other thing about Sonora also, that's really fascinating is right next to Sonora is a little town called Columbia and it's called the Columbia historical state park. So it's a living gold rush town and visiting this town will give you a glimpse of what a 19th century town would have actually looked like. Hmm. Um, you can see merchants dressed in 1850s clothing, and you can <laughs> even ride an authentic stagecoach around the town. Oh, that's funny. That's great. Yeah. So, 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 where did you stay while you were you were there? I stayed in the cutest bed and brunch run by a mother daughter duo. It's called the Royal Olive Manor, and um, it's again it's owned by a mother daughter duo. It's a charming Victorian home. 
literally 10 minutes walking distance from all the restaurants in downtown. So the home has four bedrooms. And what makes this really charming is that each one is named after the four different women who owned the house during different eras. So the decor in each room will actually reflect each era and that particular woman um, that lived there. Oh, that's really that's that's really cool. And so we're talking about what, like 1800s through early 1900s kind of decor. Exactly, exactly. And it's absolutely gorgeous. And you've got, um, you know, most of the rooms have like a sitting room. Um, they have like an attached bathroom. Some of them have separate entrances. And the house itself has two patios. So there's a sprawling backyard. There's a front patio. The front lawn has a hammock, a swing. And the best part about staying here, honestly, is that the ladies will make you brunch. They'll serve it either in your room or you can have it in the dining space downstairs. Yeah. And I especially like, you know, when I'm someplace, I like to be able to like park the car, then just walk everywhere uh, because you really get a sense of the place. So being that the location is such that you can kind of really do that. I like that. Absolutely. And it's easy parking, right? You just park right outside, like behind the house or in front of the house. And then you're set for the remainder of your stay. You can just walk around wherever you want. It's just perfect. Okay, let's talk a little bit more about food. We've got brunch set because we know we're going to be at the Royal Olive Manor. <laughs> right. What are some other places? Like, where are, should we fuel up as we, you know, plan or have our outdoor adventures? So Diamondback Grill is a great option downtown. They have an outdoor patio. You can safely social distance. My favorite spot, however, was El Arroyo, which is right next to the creek. It's got fantastic Mexican food. And if you go down maybe, say, 10 minutes um, out of Sonora into Jamestown, you'll find Service Station, which is another charming restaurant. It's basically a physical reminder of the transportation evolution, the car culture, and the pop culture. It's a very fun place to dine in. But my ultimate favorite spot throughout this entire journey was the lunch that I had in the outside patio of the historic National Hotel in Jamestown. So... Jamestown is like the next historic town and it's a very, it's just, it's got a very small um, historical street. And this particular hotel, they have Mediterranean cuisine, which I did not expect. (laughs) uh, And they have rooms for rent on the second level, but it's a, it's a historic hotel. So you're really stepping into that hotel. You feel like you're back in the gold rush days, except you're being served Mediterranean cuisine. So it's very charming, very unexpected and some excellent food. Yeah. And I think we'd be remiss to overlook how close Sonora is to Yosemite National Park. Um, I, I could easily drive there from Sonora just to spend the day, right? Yeah. And that's the that's another surprise for me. I did not realize Sonora was simply 45 minutes away from you know Yosemite National Park. And so I took the trip. I drove 45 minutes and I went to Yosemite and I went to a lesser known part of Yosemite, though, called the Hetch Hetchy Valley. A lot of people probably don't know about this. Um, it was very quiet non-touristy part of Yosemite uh, National Park, but Yosemite-like views. So you're kind of getting the best of both worlds. And I went on this five-mile round-trip hike called the Wapema Falls. Um, Highly recommend it. Again, I would say great for beginners. Pack yourself a lunch. um, Have it out there, uh, you know, looking at the views. And um, it's absolutely spectacular. Well, Preeti, this has really been great. Thank you so much for joining us on California Now. Absolutely. Thank you for this opportunity. It was amazing. Preeti Chandrasekhar runs the Eager Traveler blog at theeagertraveler.com. Her Instagram page is full of stunning photography. It's just Eager Traveler minus the R at the end. As always, we'll have links to all the places we talked about on today's episode and lots more on our website. Visit california.com slash podcast. This is California Now.
Situated smack dab in the middle of millions of acres of farmland, Sacramento has firmly established itself as America's farm-to-fork capital. The city and its surrounding areas boast renowned restaurants, world-class craft beers, and even a burgeoning hard cider scene. To help us understand how Sacramento has adjusted to the COVID-19 pandemic, we reached out to Nick Leonti, owner of the Leonti Group, a travel-focused marketing firm. He's here to highlight some of the best places to grab a bite or a drink in and around Sacramento from patio dining to breweries to up-and-coming neighborhoods. Welcome to California Now, Nick. Hi, thanks so much for having me. So to start out, I know that 2020 has posed tremendous challenges for restaurants in general. How true is that in Sacramento? Yeah, we've lost a lot of Sacramento classics here during the pandemic, which is kind of sad. Um, The biggest one is probably Biba, which was our long-standing Italian restaurant here in Sacramento run by Biba Caggiano who actually passed away last year. Um, But she was uh, kind of our first celebrity chef in Sacramento. She had a cooking show back in the 90s, and her restaurant has been in Midtown Sacramento since the mid-80s. And so it's sad to learn that they won't be coming back. A favorite lunch spot of mine, Bud's Buffet, the right downtown a couple blocks from the Capitol. They're closed up forever. Uh, Sacramento's oldest restaurant, which is called Espanol in East Sacramento, they were just about to come up on their 100th anniversary, and they're not going to quite make it. So a lot of you know a lot of sad stories like that. But there's also you know new things popping up and a new wave of Sacramento restaurants that are becoming you know the classics in town. You know, where Sacramento's perfect for outdoor dining. You know, so all summer long it was actually pretty nice. Like we had all these new patios to enjoy our favorite restaurants. <laughs> Well, I mean, and, and Sacramento is really, it's its a wonderful city in that it's a, like a very human-scaled city. Like, there are really great neighborhoods, there are really great um, restaurants, and, you know, one, one trend that we've observed is a lot of places have, have really gotten creative. What are some examples of that in Sacramento, would you say? Well, I know right out of the gates, we were doing a lot of the uh, takeout type of dining. Um, and then you see, again, people changing their patios. Um, Adding more heaters, things like that, uh, has been been great. We've uh, a great addition from the pandemic. One that I hope sticks around is the to go cocktail. You couldn't ever do that before, right? So right. That's one one perk. <laughs> there was a rule where you had to buy food. So I know some of the bars where they'd sell you a, a you know a bag of peanuts for a dollar, and you could walk out of there with your with your pina colada or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but there was a lot of like I mentioned, a lot of nice new outdoor dining places. Places like. Um, Tank House Barbecue, and it's owned by the same people who have the Tiki Bar called the Jungle Bird. Uh, they've modified their locations, to, and they're you know really nice additions there, which is good. What would you say are some of your go-to places right now? I mean, if you wanted, if you had somebody coming into town to visit, where would you want to take them to say, you know, you really have to experience this place? The place I go to regularly is called The Shack. Properly named. That is an accurate name for the shack. <laughs> um, it's been a few different establishments over the years, but it, it, the place has been a you know a, a restaurant of some kind since I think the the 30s, um, and now it's a great place for craft beer, and they have a great outdoor patio in a nice um, you know real walkable, quiet East Sacramento neighborhood. So just sitting out on the patio and enjoying their the, the foods, you know, it's it's a it's sandwiches, but they're great sandwiches and great burgers. The clam chowder is amazing. There's a, a kind of a pizza and pasta place, bike themed. It's called One Speed. That's a neighborhood favorite. Um, great coffee, a chocolate fish. The old 
gourmet Italian grocery store called Corti Brothers is still still going strong and it's right down the street. So that's you know, that's a, a great neighborhood that you can hit a number of things. And one of, speaking of a newer restaurant, right next to the shack is a very upscale restaurant called Alora. Upscale, but you know, still welcoming and a neighborhood type place. They are um, you know, a great like Italian uh, seafood restaurant with an amazing wine list. The uh, head chef there, who's also the owner, was formerly the head chef at the Firehouse Restaurant, which is you know a real classic Sacramento restaurant in the old Sacramento area. So he's uh, opened up his own place with his wife, and it's it's fantastic. What about if I'm looking for something sweet, maybe a, a memorable place for a dessert? Oh my goodness! I, Ginger Elizabeth chocolates is uh, just off the charts great. They um, are the the pride of the pride of Sacramento's dessert world. <laughs> <You know? laughs> they make uh, fantastic uh, chocolates of all kinds, especially around the holidays. Like right now, you could go get uh, you know a, a chocolate Santa Claus if you wanted. They're making those types of things, huh. but uh, regularly you can get. Uh, you know, they, they do everything from ice cream and chocolate chip cookies. Uh, one of their most popular items is a macaron ice cream sandwich. Wow. The salted caramel one. That's just fantastic. And then in the colder weather, they do a Oaxacan hot chocolate. That is the most chocolatey thing you've ever tasted. <laughs> it's got like a homemade marshmallow on it. it, it the whole place just smells great. And they're... Um, Original shop is located on L Street in Sacramento. And then during the pandemic, they opened up more of a bakery, a patisserie type place that I, I haven't been to yet. And that is um, on J near 24th Street, which there are a few dessert options there as well, including Rick's Dessert Diner, which has been a, a Sacramento classic for, for decades now, which is always full of cakes and pies and ice cream sundaes. And you know, it's kind of a fun. 1950s retro vibe to it right all they serve are desserts right yes just desserts <laughs> that doesn't that doesn't mean that i it doesn't mean that i haven't been there for lunch right like, I'll, I'll, eat, I'll eat an ice cream sundae for lunch for sure <laughs> right exactly that's great all right let, let's move on to beer craft beer right now um you know the sacramento area has tons of breweries can you tell me a little bit about a few that you really really like places that are still serving despite the pandemic my top choice in town is uh, Urban Roots, which I think just makes the most fantastic beer in town or maybe anywhere in the state or beyond. <laughs> um, they, uh, the owner there, Rob Archie, he, um, so his story is that he played professional basketball in Europe you know, 20 years ago or whatever uh, for a year. And that's where his eyes were open to the world of beer, you know, being in Belgium, you know, <laughs> learning about all those old time European beers. Right. And he came back to Sacramento and opened up Pangea, which is in the Curtis Park neighborhood. They have a great kitchen, making great food. And they also, you know, showed showcased a lot of the local Sacramento beers as well. So then uh, a few years ago, he branched off from that and started his own brewery and barbecue place called Urban Roots. And he brought in a, a local brew maker who's been making beer forever. Great beer, really focus on, they make great Saison style beers, which I'm a big fan of. One of the few places that makes like a, a Belgian quad beer locally, um, but they you know they make a, a ton of different styles and they're all fantastic and the atmosphere is great. They've got a, a really good look in a great space in downtown Sacramento. Yeah, what's the experience like um, there right now? You know, with the pandemic, I mean, do they have an outdoor area? What is the experience like when you go there to hang out? They've always had a great patio area in, in front of the the brewery there, so that's still going strong. 
And then they've actually taken over a parking lot behind the building. So they have more patio space. Basically put on your mask, go inside and order and then take your beer and wait for the food to come to you. So uh, it's uh, pretty normal, actually. It feels pretty normal. I always sat outside there anyhow. So right, right. So that one feels pretty normal to me. Uh, and again, it's great. Uh, just great beer there. And, you know, now we have this new scene, uh, you know, burgeoning in, in the area. Hard cider uh, is, right. is getting this growing following. Can you tell us a bit about Sacramento's cider scene? So I wanted to, like Sacramento has kind of a claim to uh, to being a, a leader in cider. We had a place uh, still around, Two Rivers Cider, and they've been in operation since the 90s, which is, you know, even preceding the craft beer craze that really seems to have hit maybe, you know, 15 years ago. So they were, they predated that. And one of their former cider makers uh, spun off and made his own cider company called Nitty's Cider. That's N-I-T-T-Y. Um, and he's making some really great ciders right now and has a close relationship with Two Rivers. And we also have, you know, some of the big cider makers. Um, the Common Cider is located up just up the hill in Auburn, you know, using our locally grown apples. North Canyon Cider up, up in Apple Hill, the Apple Hill area, uh, just outside of Placerville. So so I feel like hard cider is having, having its day here. <laughs> um, and, you know, that gets, it gets lumped in a lot with, with craft beer. We do have all those great craft breweries here. I think we have over 70 breweries. Then you add in, you know, five or six hard cider places. And that's, that's pretty nice. You know, Nick, craft beer is so big throughout gold country in general. Are there any other places that are just must visits? Of course there are. Yeah. Um, there's some fantastic breweries in those areas. Some of my favorites are, uh, Placer County of Moonraker, which has won a ton of awards all across the country. And uh, Knee Deep Brewing is one of the bigger ones up there. I also really love, off of, off of Highway 50, headed up towards uh, Placerville and South Lake Tahoe, there's the town of El Dorado Hills. And they have a great brewery called Mraz, M-R-A-Z, which does all the you know, sour beers that are really popular right now. I love those. So, How far away are these places from Sacramento? Uh, less than an hour for all these places that we claim as Sacramento breweries. Um, like you could be at the El Dorado Hills in 25 minutes and then going up the other way, Moonraker is in Auburn, which is maybe 40 minutes away at the most. And again, it's like you're in a whole different, uh, a whole different place there. Sacramento, you were, I think the elevation in Sacramento is about 18 feet above sea level. And these places in the gold country where, where the gold was back in the day, um, you, know, you start getting, that's where the, the foothill starts. So you get up to elevations around 2000 feet before you head on up to South Lake Tahoe. That's really great. You know, so I'm just outside of Sacramento and I'm always looking for new neighborhoods to check out. Can you talk about some of the less heralded communities in the Sacramento area? Like, where do you like to go? There's a lot of up and coming neighborhoods, especially across the river in West Sacramento. There's a lot popping up over there. It started 20 years ago when they built our minor league baseball park on the river there in West Sacramento, just on the other side of the Tower Bridge from from the historic district of old Sacramento. And from there, you know, it's just grown. There's a there's a nice little old town that's been redone. There's a pizza place called La Crosta that I really like there, an ice cream place called Devil May Care. So a nice little cluster of, uh, of dining and, and sweets and things. And then there's a great new place called The Barn. I call it new. It's probably been there for four years now, but I've been here a long time, so that's still new. <laughs> but the barn is a great facility right on right on the river um, where Drake's Brewing 
has taken that over and they have all their beer and they do pizzas and it's right on the river and they do a lot of events out there, but it's, it's a great venue for that type of thing because all the great outdoor space, uh, the great views of the river and the, the tower bridge right there in the distance. What about Curtis park? Curtis park is another, another favorite of mine. Um, that's where I mentioned, um, Pangea, the beer cafe is right there in Curtis park. And, um, it's a really old neighborhood. You've got the, the great old trees that Sacramento is known for, cute little bungalow type houses. And then you have establishments like Pangea, which is right across the street from a famous ice cream place in town called um, called Gunther's Ice Cream. You know, just a, a really a, another place that's just really close to downtown, um, but you get more of the the neighborhood vibe that Sacramento is, is famous for. You know, those nice old houses and the beautiful trees that's, that's Sacramento to me is that type of experience sitting outside with a, a nice beer and an ice cream. You can't beat that, right? Right, exactly. Well, you know, Nick, this has really been great. Thank you so much for coming on. Definitely going to be hitting some of these spots that you've shared. Thanks so much for joining us on California Now. Yeah, it's been my pleasure. Great. Always happy to talk about Sacramento. Nick Leonti is a tourism industry veteran and authority on all things good to eat and drink in and around Sacramento. He's on Twitter at nleonti, that's N-L-E-O-N-T-I, and online at leontigroup.com. As always, we'll have links to all the places we talked about on today's episode and lots more on our website, visitcalifornia.com podcast. This is California Now. Thank you for listening to California Now. We hope you enjoyed this episode about gold country and get a chance to hit the road soon. This podcast is produced by Visit California. I'm your host, Satirius Johnson. You can find our show on iTunes and Stitcher. Please subscribe. If we've inspired you to plan an excursion to gold country, I want to add one more stop to your itinerary. Do yourself a favor and visit the California Welcome Center located on High Street in Auburn. This facility, like other welcome centers throughout the state, is staffed with personal travel concierges who can answer your questions, make recommendations, and otherwise enrich your experience. Find out more online at visitcalifornia.com slash welcome centers. Dash centers.